بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وافضل الصلاة وتم التسليم على أشرف الأنبياء سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين Today I want to discuss a sect that some have named Qur'aniyun Qur'aniyun is in relation to Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem translated roughly as the Quran-only sect. In the Indian subcontinent, they named this sect as the Parvezi sect. But wherever they may be, they will not acknowledge the fact that they are a sect, but will say we follow the Quran only. We do not follow something known as the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now initially, to someone who hears this claim, someone who is unfamiliar of what the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam entails, this claim may seem enticing. But when we look at Al-Quran Al-Kareem itself, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala states فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَدَيْتَ وَيُسَلِّمُ تَسْلِيمًا فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ Nay, by a Lord. This is a way of oath in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, By your Lord, they will not believe. La yu'minun. Meaning, a person cannot be a believer. Hatta yuhakkimuka. Until they make you a judge. Who? Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Quran is addressing the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hatta yuhakkimuka. The word tahkim is from hukm. Hukm means judgment, meaning they make you a judge, a person who gives a judgment. In which things? In those things which arise amongst them. Fima in that shajara sprouts amongst them. The Quran states after this. Then they do not find. لا يجدو في أنفسهم in themselves حرج حرج means this difficulty in the in the judgment of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم they do not find difficulty مما قضيت from that which you have gave a verdict قضيت the word is from قضا يقضي even a judge is called Al-Qadi. A legal judgment is called Al-Qada. Mimma Qadayta. From whatever legal judgment you have given. To whom? To the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wa taslima. And they accept completely. Meaning accept the judgment of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When we look at Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem itself, 
Al-Qur'an al-Kareem through numerous verses orders us to follow the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا There is in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا A good pattern, a good way meaning the, mess, the way of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the way of success. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-Nahl. لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ That addressing the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لِتُبَيِّنَ That you can give a speech a clear explanation لتبين, from Tabeen. Tabeen is explanation to whom? To humanity. What has been revealed to them? In this Quran, the explanation of the Quran is left to the Messenger of Allah. This is not contradicted. By verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, Ma farratna fil kitabi min We did not leave anything from this book. Someone may say, if the Quran is in need of an explanation, why does the Quran state, Ma farratna fil kitabi? We have not left out from this book, min from anything. The answer is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanding us to follow the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is from those things which the Qur'an has not left out. The very meanings of the Qur'an can only be understood in light of the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. So this explanation of the Qur'an is what we call sunnah. The way of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unfortunately, those who have been influenced by the Quran only sect <coughs> declare the rest of the Muslims as polytheists. They state, no matter which sect they are from, that the Muslims have fallen into polytheism by following the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They state that by saying we are following the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we are equating the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, this is contradicted by numerous verses of Al-Quran al-Kareem. So, when they cannot respond to the verses of the Qur'an which authorize the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa which give the power of judgment to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi which allow the believers to follow the way of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi they attempt to sow doubt into the minds of people with regard to how the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was transmitted to us. 
throughout numerous verses of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us commands. For instance, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, Inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. That surely Allah and his angels send prayers upon the Prophet. O oh, you who believe, Ya Yuladina Amanu, Sallu Alihi wa Sallimu Taslima. Send prayers and abundant salutation upon him. This is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the meaning of salah? Generally speaking, the word salah is to worship. Aqimu salah wa atu zakah in the Quran. Aqimu salata wa atu zakata. Establish your prayers and give your charity. The word is the same. If someone did not follow the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they would not know the meaning of salah in this verse where the Quran states, surely Allah and his angels are sending prayers upon, your, upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they will take the literal meaning of prayer here and understand prayer to mean worship. The literal translation of the verse would be Allah and his angels worship Yusalloon. But we know that is not the meaning of this. We know the meaning of Yusalloon ala nabi For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending abundant mercy upon the Prophet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends abundant mercy upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the angels seek forgiveness or make supplication for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is what we are ordered to do in the Quran. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who have believed, sallu alayhi wasallimu taslima. Send abundant prayers, meaning make supplication. And abundant wasallimu taslima salutations. This Quran only group do not believe in saying sallallahu alaihi wasallam after the name of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They believe this is an innovation, something not in the Quran. Yet in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa taala has ordered the believers to send salah, which is prayers. And salam, which is salutations upon the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What else do they reject? They reject the number of cycles of the prayers that we pray daily. But the authority of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam cannot be denied because the authority of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is stated in the Quran. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also states, الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ الرَّسُولَ النَّبِيَّ الْأُمِّيِّ Those who follow, يَتَّبِعُونَ Those who follow, who? الرَّسُولَ The Messenger, النَّبِيِّ The Prophet, الْأُمِّيِّ The one 
who is unlettered, meaning not having been taught by anyone from humanity or jinn kind. This Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala describes a group of believers who found the description of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Al-Injil, the Gospel and At-Tawrah, which is the revelation which was sent upon Sayyiduna Musa salam, known as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They find his description in these books, but what do they do? They follow the messenger, the prophet, the one who is unlettered. Yattabi'oon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give the judgment that they are polytheists. So like this, there are multiple verses in Al-Quranul Kareem. If someone acknowledges, we believe that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu has been given authority by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to explain the Qur'an as Al-Qur'anul Kareem states, لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ In order that you may explain مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ What that which has been revealed upon them, like what happened with the companion when the verse in Al-Quran Kareem, in Surah Al-Baqarah, كُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ Eat and drink until it becomes clear to you. حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ What becomes clear to you? الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ The white string from the black string from the dawn what did the companion do he took a string or a, a rope a black rope and a white rope and he placed the ropes under his pillow what was the verse referring to the verse was referring to eating and drinking at the pre-dawn time before dawn comes in in the month of Ramadan. So the companion started eating and then he would check the two strings, or the two ropes. Al-Khaytul Abyad, which is a white string, Al-Khaytul Aswad, which is a dark string, and he would check, is he able to see the two strings? Later on, when he mentioned this to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, your pillow must be huge because the meaning of Al-Khaytul Abyadu is the dawning of the light of the sun. And the meaning of Al-Khaytul Aswadu is the darkness of the night. So the Quran has ordered us eat and drink in the month of Ramadan until the whiteness, the dawn appears on the horizon. Al-Khaytul Abyadu the white string appears min al khaytil aswadi from the dark string which is the darkness of the night min al fajri from the dawn time this explanation fits in with the verse of the quran litubayyina linnasi ma nuzila ilayhim that you may explain whom the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam explain to people what has been revealed to them 
So when it becomes clear that the Messenger of Allah is the one who can explain the true meanings of Al-Quran Al-Kareem, what the Quran only sect attempt to do is to place doubts in people regarding the transmission of the hadith of the Messenger of Allah So how do we respond to their claim that the transmission of the hadith is faulty? The transmission is unreliable. We will say, firstly, that all the, mes- all the narrations, a hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, will be categorized as either mutawatir, mass transmitted, or al-ahad, those which are not mass transmitted. What do we mean by mutawatir? Mutawatir is a concept that a huge number of people narrate something where it becomes rationally impossible for all those people to congregate and concoct a lie. Like the transmission of Al-Quran Al-Kareem in the time of Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an, when Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an dispatched the volumes of the Quran into the various cities, the number of companions who agreed with the action of Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an exceeds 12,000 companions. 12,000 companions who were alive in the time of Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an agreed to his action, approved of his action, and this concept is referred to as tawatur, mass transmission, where it would be impossible for a huge number of people to agree upon a lie. In the way Al-Quran Al-Kareem reached us, the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which are mutawatir, mass transmitted hadith, have reached us. And the number of hadith that are mutawatir, mass transmitted, meaning transmitted to us in the same way that the Quran has been transmitted, are around over 300 hadith. An example of those is the hadith narrated by Abu Huraira and numerous other companions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلِيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Whoever lies upon me. مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلِيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا Whoever lies upon me. Purposefully, فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ Let him prepare his seat من النار from the fire. This hadith has been narrated by so many companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that they exceed 70 companions. And then the number of people who narrate from those companions exceed 70. So in each generation, prior to the compilation of the hadith books that we know in each generation this hadith was transmitted these type of hadith are known as hadith mutawatir mass transmitted now if the quran only sect reject these type of hadith mutawatir hadith we will say to them how do we respond we will say 
you would have to reject the Quran itself based upon your reasoning. Because the way these hadith have reached us, the Quran has also reached us through tawatur, mass transmission. Aside from this, the Quran only sect would have to be asked, which qira'a recitation of the Quran do you accept? Because there are 10 qira'at which have been transmitted to us through tawatur mass transmission. For instance, the Quran which is published in India and Pakistan, which a member of the Quran only sect, a pravesi who is only familiar with the Quran published in India and Pakistan, born in India and Pakistan, he will only be familiar with that script of the Quran. But if such a person traveled to Morocco and he picked up the Quran in Morocco, firstly he will be bamboozled by the calligraphy being different, even though the calligraphy does not denote any difference in the text. The calligraphy is simply different. But such a person will be bamboozled because they write the Quran different in a different calligraphy to the Quran which is written in India and Pakistan. In India and Pakistan, they use Khat Mughali, a Mughal calligraphy. In Morocco, they use a totally different Khat calligraphy. Aside from this, the qira'at are different. In Morocco, they recite qira'at warsh and nafi'. So, the qira'at of warsh from the recite nafi'. In Pakistan, they recite the qira'at of hafs from Asim al-Kufi. So the qira'at will be slightly different. Of course, Ahl sunnati wal jama'ah, who the Qur'an only sect declares disbelievers and non-believers, will have no problem with this. Because we accept anything which has been transmitted through mass transmission from the Messenger of Allah So both ways of recitation are from the Messenger of Allah Why was this allowed? Because of the dialects of the Arabs, that the Messenger of Allah allowed the Quran to be recited within seven ahruf, seven dialects, or the meaning of ahruf, we would say, with adding or taking away a letter, which does not affect the meaning, does not make the meanings contradict. For instance, Maliki Omiddin and Maliki Omiddin. In Hafs, Maliki Omiddin. In Warsh, Maliki Omiddin. Or for instance, in Qira'atu Hafs, Bismillahi Majareha wa Mursaha. In other Qira'at, Bismillahi Majaraha wa Mursaha. This does not affect the meaning of the Quran. But if an individual living in Pakistan, or in the UK, or in America, or in Canada, or different parts of the world, decides to reject Hadith Mutawatir, and says there is no such thing as the Sunnah. Or if he accepts the Sunnah, and he says there is the transmission of the Sunnah is not reliable, 
then which qira'ah of the Qur'an does he accept? Will he reject the qira'ah which is recited in Morocco? And fall into the doubt which some of the Orientalists attempt to place in the hearts of the Muslims, that the qira'at of the Qur'an contradict one another. But as Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we have the concept of tawatur, mass transmission, whatever is transmitted from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa from such a huge number of people that it is impossible for them to concur upon a lie, the people of the Sunnah and congregation accept this. So they would have to be asked, which qira'ah of the Qur'an do you say you follow? When they say we only follow the Qur'an, which qira'ah? If they say the Qur'an which is published, Ask them to show you a copy of the Qur'an. If they are from India and Pakistan or Bangladesh, they will show you the Mus'haf, the volume of the Qur'an, which is written according to Qira'atu Hafs. Show them the volume of the Qur'an, which is published in Morocco, which is written according to Qira'atu Warsh. Or any of the other Qira'at, Laqaloon, and all these various Qira'at, the Qur'an does not contradict itself. All these qira'at have been re related to us from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa In the way that the Qur'an has been transmitted, so has the necessity aspects, necessary aspects of Islam, like five daily prayers. How do we know that there are five daily prayers in Islam? Because we know from over 100,000 people who witnessed the Messenger of Allah sallallahu praying five daily prayers. Those 100,000 people transmitted this to a number exceeding one million, greater than one million. Those people transmitted this to a number exceeding tens of millions until we reach billions. This concept is known as mutawatir. And this is how the necessary aspects of Islam have reached us. When the Qur'an only sect, the member who has been brainwashed, will come to terms with that there is such a thing as the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu has been authorized by the Qur'an to explain Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. As stated in Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem, لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ In order that you may explain to the people what has been revealed to them. He accepts this. Then he accepts mutawatir. He accepts that there are aspects of Islam and the hadith that are mass transmitted, which I would have to accept. He will attempt to make some doubtful remarks regarding those hadith which have not reached tawatur, mass transmission. Those hadith are referred to as khabrul ahad, reports of solitary narrators. What do we mean? The number of people who narrate the hadith do not reach the level of mass transmission. You may have one person narrating a hadith, or two people, 
or three people, or four people, or five people. But the number of people does not reach tawatur. Of course, the more reliable the narrators are, the less number of people are needed for a hadith to be considered mutawatir. But he will say, I accept mutawatir hadith, but these solitary reports, it is not necessary for me to accept. We will ask why. One of the reasons may be that they will say that the hadith of the Messenger of Allah were not compiled until 200 years after the passing away of the Messenger of Allah Is this claim true? The answer is no. We will say those books which were compiled after 200 years incorporated earlier works which recorded the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah For instance, the famous narrator of a hadith, Az-Zuhri, Muhammad Az-Zuhri, Rahimullah, was born in the year 50 after Hijrah. After Hijrah meaning after the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa migrated from Makkah al-Mukarramah to al-Madinatul Munawwara. So 50 years after, 40 years after the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he passed away in the year 124. His work, his compilation of hadith was incorporated by al-Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah. The hadith were not left or abandoned. No, they were incorporated into later collections. Or for instance, the compilation of the Muwatta by Al-Imam Malik. Now Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah, <coughs> was born around 90 after Hijrah. 80 years after the passing away of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His compilation is known as the Muwatta. His, his teacher is a famous narrator known as a Nafi' rahimahullah. Nafi' is the student of Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhumah, the son of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How many narrators are there between Al-Imam Malik and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Two. If we exclude the companion, one. Al-Imam Malik rahimahullah compiled his famous work known as the Muwatta. If we exclude the hadith which are mutawatir from each collection. So we have later collections like the Musnad of Al-Imam Ahmad and the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba and the Musannaf of Abdul Razak and then the six famous collections Bukhari, Muslim, Tirmidhi, Nasai, Ibn Majah and Abu Dawud these collections if we remove all the Mutawatir Hadith from these collections what remains are those narrations which are termed as Khabrul Ahad, those narrations which have been related by one or two or three people. What the scholars of Hadith did is that they analyzed these Khabrul Ahad according to the science of Hadith. 
Are the names of the men, the narrators of the hadith unknown? Are they what they term as majahil, unknown people? The answer is no. They compiled biographies of every narrator and wrote down the conditions for the hadith to be considered authentic. So every narrator in the chain of narration, his biography, his date of birth, his date of death was recorded, where he lived, who did he narrate hadith from, whether he was a liar or truthful, was he ever caught lying, and was his memory faulty or his memory, was it sharp? These details were written and this became known as Ilmur Rijal, the knowledge of men, meaning the knowledge of narrators, even though women are, are part of this knowledge, the knowledge of the narrators of hadith. After analyzing these narrations, the scholars would, will determine, is this hadith sahih? Meaning, the narrator is meticulous, the narrator is upright, the narrator is truthful. If all these conditions are met, then the hadith was termed as authentic. The Quran only sect at this point will ask them why do they differ amongst themselves. I would respond to this by saying, firstly, in mutawatir concepts that have been transmitted to us, no Muslim disagrees. In mutawatir. Those things which have been related to us through mass transmission, Muslims do not disagree on those things. What they disagree on shall be considered around 20% of legal judgments. 20% of legal judgments. So they have ignored the agreement of the nation of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa 80% of the legal judgments, as well as their agreement on mass transmitted concepts, and have concentrated themselves upon the disagreement, 20% of which they disagree. They disagree on some things. Why do they disagree on this? They disagree on this because of the Khabr al-Ahad, the solitary reports which have reached us. Why this disagreement? And is this disagreement permissible? We will say this disagreement is permissible. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, allowed this much disagreement amongst his nation. For instance, in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu commanded a battalion of people going to Bani Nadir, the fortress of Bani Nadir. La yusalliyanna ahadukum al-asra illa Sorry, Bani Quraitha. La yusalliyanna ahadukum al-asra illa fi Bani Quraitha. That one of you, none of you shall pray the late noon prayer except in Bani Quraitha, meaning near the fortress of Bani Quraitha. <coughs> when this group left, on the way, they disagreed amongst themselves. One group said, what the Messenger of Allah said is literal, that when we reach Bani Quraitha, we must pray 
near the fortress of Bani Quraiza. Another group said, what the Messenger of Allah meant is that we pray on the way, but hurry to the fortress of Bani Quraiza. Even if the Asr prayer comes in the way, we can pray. So one group prayed on the way and the other group prayed when they reached the fortress. When this report was taken back to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he did not disapprove of any one of the two groups. This amount of disagreement was permitted by the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and this disagreement is the disagreement found in the four Sunni schools. So, for the Qur'an only sect to say disagreement should not be allowed, then even amongst their own ranks, they will have people disagreeing on how to interpret the Qur'an. Like I said to you earlier, the verse, Ya ladina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima, prior to that, Inna Allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. How will they interpret this verse? Within their own ranks, they will have different interpretations. The only difference then would be that the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah have, and this difference makes a big change, that the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah have the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu to explain the Quran, and the scholars only disagree on some of the hadith which have reached us through Ahad, meaning solitary reports, and the interpretation of some of the verses of the Quran which were left open to interpretation. So the disagreement amongst Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is less than would be found amongst the Quran only sect. So the Quran only sect, they have an odd way of praying. Firstly, when they perform ablution, they follow the verse. Ya yuhalladhina amanu idha qumtum ila salah This verse They'll follow فَغْسِلُوا جُوهَكُمْ أَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ They'll wash their faces, wash their arms and wipe their heads وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُسِكُمْ And then they'll wash their feet When they follow this When it comes to prayer, how will they pray? They'll stand up going to Ruku', going to Sajda, say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, glorify Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and walk away. Their prayer is performed. In the Qur'an where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala states, وَارْكَعُوا وَاسْجُدُوا مَعَ السَّاجِدِينَ Perform bowing and perform prostration with those who prostrate. This order of the Qur'an is referring to the Messenger of Allah and his companions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering the companions of the Messenger of Allah pray the prayer with those who pray. In that time, the Messenger of Allah led the prayer, the companions prayed with the Messenger of Allah over a hundred thousand of them narrated to us how the prayer should be prayed. Yes, they differ over some points of the prayer, which one companion may have observed at a particular point and another companion at a particular point. But is that difference major? The answer is no. 
the major difference is found with the Quran only sect where they remove so many commands of the Quran with the Quran only sect we will say to them where in the Quran do they find the prohibition of dog meat the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam foretold in a hadith of a sect that will reject the hadith, the sayings and the actions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in a hadith narrated by Imam Tirmidhi and others that a man will recline on his couch and the man is described as Shaba'an. Shaba'an means full and in the commentary, the scholars state the reason why him being full is mentioned is to show his egotistical nature, inclination to his ego. He will say to the people, take this Quran, whatever you find prohibited in the Quran, prohibit it, whatever you find permissible, perm permit it. Meaning, stick to the Quran. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa warned that whatever the Messenger of Allah has prohibited is like what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Based on this, the Quran only sect say this is the shirk which you are committing. This is the polytheism that you are committing. But we will say no. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa is authorized by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a human being, authorized as the Quran states. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That they will not believe until they make you a judgment, a judge in those things. فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ In those disputes which arise amongst them. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, that which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu has prohibited is like what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited, meaning in its legality or its prohibition. And three things were mentioned. One is domestic donkey being prohibited because you will not find donkey meat, domestic donkey, domestic donkey meat being haram in the Quran. This is found from Mutawatir hadith, mass transmitted hadith. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited carnivorous predatorian animals which have fangs, like a wolf. Imagine if you're in the wild and you kill a wolf and you are with one of these Quran only or Pervezi sectarians, they may eat the wolf because there's no prohibition of wolf meat in the Quran. But we will know from the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam that a wolf is prohibited. And a third animal is mentioned is those carnivorous animals which eat other animals with claws, mikhlab. So, uh, those animals with paws like a jaguar or similar type of animals. So there are so many things which have been prohibited only through the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by rejecting the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they lose all the hallmarks of this religion 
the last thing which we will touch upon, what is the legality or the legal ruling relating to the Quran only sect? The legal ruling on someone who rejects those things which are known in religion by necessity and the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah is that such a person is a disbeliever, a kafir. It is impermissible to consider him a Muslim and it is impermissible to pray his funeral prayer. This is why I invite any of those Quran only people who have left the main congregation, the main jama'ah of the Muslims to come and dialogue with us and to answer our points that we have placed and we are saying that we can answer their objections to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them to the straight path, make them realize their fault and open their minds because many of them in our locality are people who are not educated in Islam. Many of them cannot even recite the Quran. In fact, they cannot believe in things like Tajweed. How will you believe in Tajweed? Do you find the rules of Tajweed in the Quran? Even the rules of Tajweed are not written in the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How do we know Tajweed is valid? Tajweed elocution, correct pronunciation of the Qur'an. How do we know such a science exists? Through mass transmission, tawatur. It has been related to us from the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Dozens of them, hundreds of them, how to pronounce the Qur'an correctly. And they related this to the reciters of the Qur'an, like Asim Al-Kufi, Nafi Al-Madani, and all the others. They related this to their students and this continued through mass transmission until our day if they say we accept mutawatir but we will not accept khabrul ahad then they will have to show that the science of hadith is inconsistent and i guarantee you they will not be able to show that the scholars of hadith are inconsistent in their method in fact the, the methodology of the scholars of hadith is stringent, very meticulous, and if they study this correctly with an open heart, instead of following uh, this sect, the Quran only sect, in order to do away with prohibitions. This is one of the main reasons why someone will follow this Quran only sect, because if they say they reject the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, they will be able to perform so many acts which are prohibited only in the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them and give them the courage to attend such lectures because we gave them an open invitation and now that the lecture will be widely available they can approach me and discuss these issues or even challenge me to a debate on this particular issue. Instead what they do is they will open a center or a work from a house, look for a lone sheep, take that individual, indoctrinate him and then place him amongst some people who have no knowledge. So when they are sitting down uh, having tea 
the person will bring up this subject, not in a gathering of knowledge, they'll go to a snooker hall, bring up this subject, go to a shisha lounge, bring up this subject, go to areas which, where people of knowledge do not congregate, place doubts in the minds of people. But when they are challenged openly in a masjid like this, where anyone is welcome, even a non-Muslim, a person, even a person who has left Islam is welcome in our gatherings to question. When we have an open forum to question these things, they do not turn up. Maybe after listening to this lecture, they will turn up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them. One last thing which is mentioned by them, which I think is very important. In those khabrul ahad, the solitary reports, they sometimes may find a narration which will not be rational. For instance, a narration which says that the, the world, the earth, rests on the horns of a bull. Whenever that bull decides to move its head, earthquakes are formed on earth. They meet an individual and report, say, look, this hadith is found in this book of tafsir. How can you believe in hadith? What did we say? That the Khabrul Ahad, solitary reports, can be authentic, weak, and even forged. Not Mutawatir Hadith, Khabrul Ahad. So why are they presenting forgeries from Khabrul Ahad, reports which are solitary, when they know that the scholars of Hadith have said these are forgeries, these are narrations that we reject. But if they present a narration from Bukhari, for instance, one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah said, when I was in Yemen, I saw in the days of, in the period of ignorance, I saw monkeys stoning another monkey for adultery. How do we respond to this? We will say, this citation of the companion is an observation that he made in Yemen. The companion observed this and he related what he saw. But does this fall under the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah We will say no. The sunnah of the Messenger of Allah is what the Messenger of Allah said or the Messenger of Allah did who we believe did not commit sin. Of course that's a subject different to this subject even though it is related because the Quran only sect believe prophets can sin. So, solitary reports are open to being authentic, weak, forgeries, and in many cases, this is very important to understand, in many cases, it is not sufficient to look at one solitary report, Khabrul Ahad, you would have to look at all the narrations of that same report with their different wordings. One hadith can be narrated by multiple people in different ways that when we look at the hadith from all the narrations, 
some of the vague wording in one narration will be clarified by another narration. Another point, every solitary report would have to be interpreted in the light of the Qur'an and mutawatir hadith. You cannot have khabrul wahid, one narrator contradicting the Qur'an, where the Qur'an is very clear, or khabrul wahid contradicting the mutawatir hadith. This methodology is the methodology of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. On some of the finer points, the scholars will differ. And this is where we have the four schools. But the four schools are not considered four different sects. Are there any questions on this subject that we may uh, clarify? The question the brother asked is during the revelation of the Quran, how did someone make a distinction between the Hadith and the Quran? This we will say is one of the miraculous aspects of the Quran. That Al-Quran Al-Kareem is so different to the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that when you read Hadith, the methodology in which the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke is one way, one method. The way the Quran addresses humanity is totally different. So firstly, from the revelation itself. Secondly, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam initially stopped people from writing down the Hadith. Initially. Later on, when people were, had memorized the Quran in mass numbers, mass transmission, for instance, when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent 70 reciters of the Quran to Najd and they were martyred, 70 memorizers of the Quran were martyred in one go. So there were so many memorizers of the Qur'an that they knew the distinction between Hadith and the Qur'an. So apart from the miraculous aspect of the Qur'an, also the memorization of the Qur'an was mutawatir. Later on, the Messenger of Allah allowed companions like Abdullah bin Amr radiyallahu anhumah, not to be confused with Abdullah bin Umar, Abdullah bin Amr radiyallahu anhum, he was permitted to write down the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in the conquering of Makkah al-Mukarramah, a man from Yemen known as Abu Shah said to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam prohibited certain things in the sanctuary of, the, the, of Makkah from uprooting trees, from killing prey. Abu Shah said, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu allow idkhir, which is a perfumed plant, which is a grass, which is placed on graves. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, accept this plant. Abu Shah said, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu write down this for me. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu ordered the companions, write this down, meaning the hadith. And they had this hadith written down for Abu Shah. So this prohibition was, wherever you find a prohibition of writing down hadith, this was in the early period. Toward the end, the Messenger of Allah allowed people to write down the hadith 
because they were able to discern the difference between Quran and Hadith. And this is also a response to the Quran-only sect, that if the Hadith was a forgery, why is the method one? The compilers are different, different compilers of Hadith. Yet the narrations, the way of speaking is one, because who these reports emanate from is one individual, Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Are there any other questions? You see, like, the question is, is the Pravesi a sect? Do they have a leader? You see, like atheists, atheists do not have a world leader, even though we would say the Pope of atheism today is Richard Dawkins. Herding such groups is like herding cats. You cannot herd cats. So the Quran only sect is a sect which is similar to the sect of atheism. The main precepts are similar, meaning everyone follows simple precepts, but then they may have differences or finer points. <coughs> The question is, is the name Pervez permissible or impermissible? This is a question relating to fiqh, but I'm asking if you have questions on the subject, stick to the subject. The question is that some companions, Ali Muridwan, had their own personal copies of the Quran. And in those personal copies, they would write additional words. For instance, The thief and the thieving woman sever off, amputate their hands. And what is reported through Khabrul Ahad, solitary report, is that one of the companions wrote, Aymanahuma, the right hand. Like this, some of the companions would write different words in order to explain different words or verses in the Quran. How do we explain this? Again, going back to the initial proposition, that firstly we have something narrated to us through mass transmission like the fact that Sayyidina Uthman had volumes of the Quran dispatched to different cities and this narration of the Quran meaning how the Quran reached us was with the agreement of 12,000 companions of the Messenger of Allah then Solitary reports mention that Abdullah bin Mas'ud had his own personal copy in which, for instance, he did not play Surah Al-Fatiha and Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. His personal copy. These compilations were made prior to the dispatching of the main copy of Sayyidina Abdullah, 
Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an. So how do we know these companions had their personal copies through Khabrul Ahad, solitary reports? Therefore, a solitary report is unable to cancel out something which is known through mass transmission. Secondly, the companions having their own private copy, we also have the transmission of the Qur'an from those companions. For instance, the Qira'at that we recite today, they go back to companions like Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu When we look at the Qira'ah of Sayyiduna Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu it is the same as all of those companions. So, Sayyiduna Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu had hundreds of students who narrated the Qur'an from him. Those hundreds of students, how did he have hundreds? For instance, some of them, what they would do, is they will teach 10 people the Qur'an, then each person will have 10 students. This will make 100 students. Then those 100 students, each one will have 10 students. How many students is this? 1,000 students. All those students narrating from Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu an, or Ubay bin Ka'ab, or Sayyiduna Abu Darda radiallahu anhum, numerous companions, all of them narrate the Qur'an in the same way. The Qira'ah may be different in certain things, but the wording is the same. That wording being the same, we have thousands of companions uh, of Abdullah bin Mas'ud telling us that Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu had taught us Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas as a part of the Qur'an. One of those students happened to look at his personal copy and said he did not have Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas in his personal copy of the Qur'an, which he wrote down himself. Does this mean now that he believed that the Al-Falaq and Nas are not a part of the Qur'an? The answer is no. How do we know? Because hundreds of companions of Abdullah bin Mas'ud state that they learned Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas as a chapter of the Qur'an. So how do we understand those narrations? We understand that when they had their private copies, some of them would write down words in order to explain certain verses of the Qur'an. So, when they wrote down, فَقْتَعُوا amputate their hands, in their personal copy they would write, أَيْمَانَهُمَا at the top, to say that the hand that is meant here is the right hand. And a person who would look at the copy, would narrate this to others, I saw this in his private copy. But that same companion is teaching thousands of people the Qur'an in the same way that everyone else is taught. This is why Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an said to the people, do not make your private copies anymore, follow the one copy which all 12,000 of the companions have agreed. But he did not enforce this on the companions. He enforced this on other people, but this was not enforced on the companions alayhi muridwan. Does that answer your question? I think we'll uh, finish here. Jazallahu anna Sayyidana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam amahu ahlu. Jazallahu anna Sayyidana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam amahu ahlu. Jazallahu anna Sayyidana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam amahu ahlu. 
سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين